0: So we're having the conference coming up in a couple of weeks, amen. And uh, while I'm thinking about it, we need to pray for the release of the rest of our advertising because the enemy has showed up and wants to hinder it and so it's a day behind the schedule that we originally set for it so we need to get those things released from the prince of the power of the air he thinks he runs everything but he'll run nothing jesus is lord of all amen and so um and so satan we command you right now to release our advertising in the name of jesus Thank you, Lord, that you are Lord of all, and you have declared that we would have these meetings, we would have this form of advertising so that people can know about these meetings and they can come in. And I thank you, Lord, to move on the people who are in charge of this and speak to them, Father, and let them know that they must get it done immediately we thank you father for immediate release of our advertising and we honor you lord and we love you in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 again praise god amen so we serve a great god the great god amen when you go to him you go to the highest place and it's a blessing to know that he lives in us as well. Amen. He has chosen to make his abode in us. Amen. So he's mighty brave for, <laughs> for some of us. Amen. But that just shows you the power of love that he chooses to come and dwell in the hearts of men, mainly so that we can get the benefit of his life. When you talk about being a new creature in Christ, it's that life that he's, it's the life of the Son of God that he's talking about that dwells in us, that is the newness. So we always want to feed the newness that's in us and starve the old man, amen, starve him with all of his fears and antics, shenanigans and cut-ups and doubts and all of that stuff. We want to uh, fully dissipate that and, and remove that from our lives so that we can be whole in every way. Uh, we can be healthy in every way. We want to live out of that new creation person. And so many times that new creation, uh, will, will try and dominate and take over. And, and the enemy is so subtle. He's very tricky. Many times the new man Emerges and the atmosphere doesn't like what he says or doesn't like what he's doing and doesn't like the new thing that God has you doing and so the flesh will take over, get intimidated get uh, afraid and get, Oh, well, what'll happen if I, if I pray for this person right here, what'll happen. And I'm thankful that God has given us boldness as well as his leading and a confidence to step out in him and, and just obey him. And so that person that obeys God is the one that you want to have prominent in your life at all times. That, that person must have the preeminence in, in your life if you're going to live the successful life that God wants you to live. And so we're going to talk some about, uh, you know, the fact that God wants to have that person dominate our lives. And he, but also God has to call time on the amount of time that we spend uh, being fearful and being, uh, um, uh, you know, disobedient really to the leading of God and, and shrinking back, I would say, from allowing that new creation person to emerge, um, emerge fully the way God wants that person to. All of the promises of God are made to your new creation person. No, their flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom flesh and blood cannot um, pick up on the things of God they they are uh, confusing to the old man that in 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 so like you'll get to know uh, understand this as you begin to examine how you respond to certain things Uh I remember years ago uh, God would tell me, he said, I want you to start declaring miracles in the meetings. And so when when I would say that and I would get like this hush response, I could tell that it was the atmosphere, but also the ears of the hearers that were not not receiving it. And so when I would talk to God about it, he said, well, that's why I want you to declare it. He said, it'll never happen if it's not declared. And so I had to get over my fear of, if I say this and it doesn't happen, then what? You understand what I'm saying? And so there's fear on all of us that fights the supernatural of God and and wants to remain in unbelief and wants to remain comfortable with the way it is now, you know, don't rock my boat, you know, because I don't know how I got in this boat, but it's pretty comfortable right now. And. I don't want nobody stepping on the edge or pushing me over, and I'm scared I'm gonna fall out. So don't rock my boat. What does rocking your boat mean? Coming in and telling you, for instance, that he wants you to move, or he wants you to move to another job, or he wants you to leave certain people alone, or he wants you to adjust relationship you have with people he's put into your life and make it more holy. You understand what I'm saying? All of these things come to rock our little, I get everything in. Wait a minute. Don't step on that edge of the boat because this will shake and that's where I keep my special stuff. You know, He'll come in there and step right on the edge and flip you and the boat over. He doesn't want to do it that way. But sometimes that's the only way he can get divine order into our lives. But God begins to speak to us the things that he's, Getting ready to do in our lives so that we can have a better grasp of. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Papi, come up here. Bring your little woman here with you, too. Little woman you married to. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. kurandaria Shia Handaya, Sikiriyandaya, Sikiriyandaya. kurandaria Shia Handaya, Sikiriyandaya thank you jesus praise god well this is a nice little perplexing thing where your boy tone where you <laughs> why don't you pull two chairs up and i'll just have you sit in front of chairs thank you jesus thank you lord thank you jesus praise god praise god thank you lord praise god Thank you, Lord. Yeah, you're good. You can sit down, too. Praise the Thank you, Jesus. Well, the, the Lord is telling me to tell you, he says, um, he said, you're a little perplexed. I don't want you to be. He said, don't be perplexed at what I put into your life recently as far as your jobs are concerned, says the Spirit of God. The Lord is saying that I have, I ordered you to rest. And the Lord's saying, this is going back a while. He says, I ordered you a rest because I've ordained rest for the both of you. Rest from the busyness of your lives that have been a pattern for many, many years now. And the Lord is saying, I am moving rest into your life and moving stress and busyness out of your life, says the Lord. Understand that this is a mandate from heaven, that this is not an option for you, uh, says the Lord. He says, and I want you to let go of relax all of the busy things that you think life is about and just settle into the rest that I'm ordaining for you now, says the Lord, because I must have a people uh, at rest so that I can increase and I can multiply. The Lord's saying a multiplication and increase are difficult when you're moving, when you're busy, when your mind is scattered, when you're, uh, making plans, even when you're, you're working through good plans and you're waiting on the next one, says the Lord. So I have ordered rest in the changes, recent changes in your employment is a sign of it's a heaven mandated rest. Before the Lord says, I, I commanded you to rest, that was voluntary. He said, now nah, it's being mandated from heaven. He says, then I'm doing it this way for my purpose and my reason, because there are things I want to move into your life now in the way of increase. And they those instructions have to be followed explicitly in order for it to come to pass the way I want it to, says the Lord. He says, I've heard every prayer you prayed. I know everything you desire for yourself personally. He said, but I want this for me it will both be satisfied so do this thing and rest in this and i will show you further instructions as i see fit to show them to you and, and it all work out says the lord don't think i'm going to shortchange you the lord said i see your service your sacrifice your consistency and your faithfulness he said and that is great in my eyes and it's worth much reward says the spirit of the living god Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. (coughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Now, the Lord is is telling me to tell you um, he wants rest in your life, period. And the reason he wants rest is because there's an assignment that was made against your life. And the Lord is saying that there's residual pressure from the enemy to carry it out still. The Lord says the blood has canceled it and it's over, says the Lord. But he says there is a remnant where the enemy wants you to stay on the run from him so he can't catch you. And the Lord is saying, I just want you to stop and tell him, stop it, and I'm at rest. You got me? Make him quit chasing you around. Because the Lord is saying that you can't outrun this attempt on your life. You can't outrun it. He wants you to stay and fight it. And he says you have enough authority in you to resist him and make him quit chasing you around. And the Lord is saying this, that he's even put put a threat there. That if you don't hurry up and get some stuff done, you won't live long enough to do it. And he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. The Lord says, the length of your days I still will fulfill. The length of your days I still will fulfill. He wants you to keep running and try to live it up because he's telling you you don't have long. And the Lord is saying, you have as long as you want and as long as I give you. You have as long as I give you. You tell me how long you want to be here. Tell me the kind of life you want to live. Tell me the things that are still on your heart to do with your life, says the Lord, and I will do them. He said, but you tell that devil when he tries to get you in a hurry for things. He said, no, devil, you stop it. I am at rest. I have more than 120 years. I'll be here to see you slapped into the the utter darkness. Amen. And the Lord is saying, you fight him with my word like you've always done. You've always done it. So continue to do it, he said, because my word still works. And the devil is a liar, says the spirit of living God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God! Praise God! See, all these assignments are canceled. You know, I mean, what we need to do is is determine to live the new creation life. See, the new creation life has the same power that raised Jesus from the dead you got power to raise the dead. You know, when you got that kind of power, you don't run from the devil. You don't let him intimidate you. Amen? So we take authority over the spirit of trauma on her soul and on her mind and on her brain in the name of Jesus. Trauma, you loose her. You let her go. We thank you, Lord, that words that were spoken of her in surgery are canceled in the name of Jesus words that feed that are canceled in jesus name thank you lord for peace and rest in her soul peace and rest in her mind peace and rest in every part of her being lord i thank you for that thank you lord thank you jesus thank you lord thank you lord praise god praise god praise god praise god Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord wants to let you know also, spell Michael Coors for me. Well, your memory's excellent. See, your memory is excellent. (laughs) When you can't spell Michael Coors, then you got problems. Amen. As long as you can. (laughs) See? (laughs) Praise God. So nothing wrong with you, Sheree, okay? Don't let the devil take that from you, all right? Okie doke, all right. (laughs) You're free to go. Oh, you're welcome, honey. No problem. Amen. I love you, too. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Sheree's our soul winner, our fearless soul winner, amen? You can't let the devil steal her. Amen. He wouldn't know where to take you anyway if he did (laughs) steal. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, so God is wanting us to live the new creation life. We are new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away. That means they've died. That word pass, that phrase pass away means that they're dead. The old nature is dead with all of its weaknesses and all of its problems and troubles. That's why we can claim health and healing. Because we live on a new creation man. So when you meditate on the word and you begin to speak the word over your situation, you're really building up the strength of the new creation man. Don't ever doubt that. Because what the enemy wants to make us think is that our meditating is in vain, our worship is in vain, our speaking's in vain, and everything's to no avail. But as long as your body hears you say the word, your body is getting stronger. Amen. So just have faith in the fact, And I think we'd be more consistent in our confession and consistent in our prayers and so forth if we understood that that you you have that same spirit in you that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. It's all powerful and it works on faith in the word of God. See, that, that word, the word of God is what we live out of. Amen. We live out of the confidence that we have in God's word. God's word is not weak where sickness can go and uh, come and overtake you and the word won't work on that sickness. Amen. We have to believe 100% that that word is all powerful. It don't matter whose mouth it comes out of. And it doesn't matter if it don't come out of your mouth. There have been people healed that couldn't speak through hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. It helps when you say it because it helps you to believe it. It helps your faith to get stronger. It helps your faith to be able uh, to undertake for you and fight for you. That's why the Bible says faith is a shield. It fends off all of the words that come to you that want you to accept weakness. Amen. You know, the, the devil has all kinds of tricks to keep us bound. You know, sometimes, you know, he'll get a diagnosis and he'll use a word to pull weakness into our lives. Or sometimes he'll, he'll uh, uh, limit our ability to do some of the things we used to do you know listen that one year i walked i came to the conference on a cane you understand me because i wasn't gonna stay home stay home and do what let him kill me huh get scared to go out oh the devil didn't cripple me he's just gonna finish me oh he ain't gonna finish nothing in fact he ain't even got started with you yet you understand me because when you get finished with him he's the one who has the problem but your faith comes up like a shield you realize if you didn't have faith to fend off a lot of this nonsense what a wreck you would be the devil would finish you off in two minutes if he could get that close so it pays to build up your faith it pays to do all the things that faith uh avails for you don't ever accept weakness amen amen Don't, that's never, but don't ever run around with infirmities. You got to be in the word as you go. You know, that's what wenting is. You're healed as you went. Amen. Go in the right mindset. Go in the right mentality. Go with the right expectation. Go with the expectation. You're going to be better when you leave here. You hear me, little girl? You will. And don't you let the devil steal that from you. Don't you ever dare let him. There's nothing wrong with you. You're healed. You understand me? It's now you're gonna feel it when you leave here. Every step you make, you're more healed than when you came in here. Every minute that goes by that you hear the words, you're more healed than when you came in here. Amen. You don't go out the same way. You never go out the same way, never. And don't try to make me a lar. Neither. <laughs> I don't cotton to being a lar. But you know what I'm saying. It's just true. You know, God doesn't bring you to his his sanctuary to get disappointed. He meets every expectation and exceeds it. Amen. He does exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. Praise God. Avis, you've got joy in you to make you well. That's how you've been. That's how you've been making it so far. Amen. You know, and the the devil can't handle our joy. You know, I hear people say, "Don't let the devil steal your joy." Joy would kill him on the spot. That's why he don't touch you when you operate in it. He ain't stealing nothing. <laughs> like he can't take it nowhere. We suppress it because we let him start telling us all kinds of nonsense. Amen. Don't believe the lies of the devil ever. Amen. Don't believe any lie. Amen. So, God is good. Amen. So, Amen. He's a great God. Amen. Praise God. So, I'll get to (laughs) to our text. As they say, our text. It's like you said, not a good part. Really? Seriously, Barb? It's all good. Amen. So, uh yeah, amen. So uh we're going to talk about uh, what happens when God says how long? How long? What What's going on when God says how long? Now, when we say it, what's going on with us? We tarred. Uh, we'd have had it we're at the end of our patience we're about to do something or we're ready for a change or we're and many times when we say that sometimes to god about you know the classic is you've been waiting on an answer to prayer to come into your life and you say how long and uh it's because we're poised for a change yeah. we know that a change is necessary amen and we think we're, so I can't take it no more. Just bring it right now. But usually God makes some kind of change in us. He either, he either extends our ability to be patient and believe for it in spite of, or he, he, kinda, he does something to get us to step more into the fruit of the spirit, the long-suffering aspect of the fruit of the spirit, so we can go on. And show him that we're willing to trust him beyond our natural man's ability to sit there and watch, you know, pay attention and be quiet. The only thing that happens when we get into how long is that we've allowed our natural man to start getting involved in the things of God. Do wow. you ever notice that you be going along just fine living in the joy of the Lord and he'll say, mm, why are you so happy? what about so-and-so and did god do this yet did god do that what's what's going on you done messed up now haven't you remember you did x y and z and devil yes devil i remember x y and z and you keep watching i'm gonna start with the alphabet all over again i'm gonna go a b c d e f g h i j k because my sins are forgiven amen 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 Don't let your little evil shenanigans stand between you and God. Amen. Confess, repent, get it taken care of, and, and get yourself cleansed, and get up and go on. Amen. And say, God, okay, I'm cleansed. What's next? I'm ready to work for you again. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, though a man fall, he's not utterly cast down. God's not done with you forever, because you little no-no's. Huh? what we do is we look at the stuff we do right and think that's everything and the 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 minute the minute we start doing that god will make us mess up in that area and then we lost Huh? what happened to all your right living and all your right doing Huh? many times we think it's the devil but it's god why because no flesh is gonna glory in his presence amen so you might as well just humble yourself and stay humble huh many of us want a a short uh assignment on humility i want to humble ourselves long enough to get so and so and such and such and then look out world here i come huh you're not gonna get there amen no flesh is gonna glory in his presence amen stay humble to the lord be the handmaiden of the lord the man man servant of the lord and watch god work amen watch him work so what happens when god asks how long and when does he ask these things many times and we'll study some some places in the bible where he did pose this question but many times god god is reminding us that he is in charge When somebody asks you how long, it means that there's a timetable and a schedule to be kept, and you're dragging your feet. Sometimes we don't know we're dragging our feet. You can be being as obedient to God as you can. You can be being as, as sweet to everybody as you can and doing everything right, and then God steps up and says, how long? Just out of nowhere. Who said that? I rebuke you, Satan. But it's God because there is a timing of all things. See, we look at what we do in our lives only from the perspective of us. What we want, what we're praying about, what we're expecting. We look at it only uh, from from the prism of of what affects me, mine, and mine, you know. and God is looking at you're a citizen of the kingdom of God's dear son amen you're a part of a body of believers worldwide and universally because they are there there are our our believers in heaven and we're a part of that heavenly body as well and so that has to be taken into account in everything that we do personally so if we get caught up in some cute little things we're doing down here on earth and we get so caught up, we get get a little slow in expecting what God has got going. He'll call and come and call time on us. I say, now, how long are you going to? We have to be careful the things that we use as excuses. For putting off the things that God has given us to do. And the things that we have told God we're we're interested in doing. You know, people say, well, God called me to ministry how long ago and what are you doing? See, I'd rather call time on you than to have him do it. Because if I call time on you, you got some time to catch up and you can begin to pay the price for what God wants you to do so that you can get to getting with it. Amen. When he calls time, it's oftentimes a universal time, which means that you will either get swept up into the people who are keeping time or you'll get left behind with people who are not keeping time. And so God has to call time because this earth is on a schedule of getting things done for his kingdom and for his glory. He is on a schedule of allowing us to be able to get some earth things cleaned up and cleared up because there is a place where he must demand we set those aside for kingdom things to get accomplished. We're headed toward the glory of God. You know, church attendance is a part of it, but there's a larger part where God wants to move more people into the kingdom because he 's calling time on people who have heard the gospel and still resist wow. amen, so that 's part of it whenever there 's a move of God where there is great outpouring of His spirit, a spirit of repentance must come you know i 've been noticing the the more God pours out the glory aspect of His spirit the more people are broken in his presence. Amen. Uh, there's more weeping. There's more moving people. And that's breaking your flesh so that your spirit man can emerge. Amen. Remember when uh Clark Kent, my old mannered reporter uh, for, oh, shut up. I see they trying to make, they trying to figure out how old I am, Gigi. I caught him just that quick. Y'all stop it. They have Superman on, what y'all listen to? Netflix. They got the old Superman on Netflix. And I know they do. But Clark Kent would go into the phone booth and rip his suit and his shirt off. And underneath was ta-da-da-da. That's you. Huh? God wants your Superman and your Superwoman to live. He wants to shed off that flesh. He couldn't fly in no suit. His cape couldn't get going. Huh? I don't know what that cape had in it, but you know what I'm saying. But your cape can't get going. If you're bound up in the flesh and trying to figure out how you gonna get your big car and get your big house and get your big this and get that, and you're man, you're not man, you're whatever you, you know what I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't know what young people are looking for nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, if it's caught up and entangled in your flesh, he's got to help get that liberated out of the fleshly aspect of your life. He's got to get it free so that he can bring the right things into your life that are going to complement the spiritual life that he's planned for you that most of it you haven't walked in yet. So you wouldn't know if something is right or wrong for you anyway, because you have no clue how that spiritual life is going to be lived out, what's going to be parts of it, who's going to fit in, who's not going to fit in. And so we're going to have to divorce ourselves from a lot of stuff that we've been clinging to. You got me? Yesterday we talked about, what did I say yesterday was the title? Yeah, who's on the Lord's side? And the people, the high, the priests, the Levites that that stepped over the line had to go out and kill their family members because they were they were leading them into sin, huh? So whoever's not willing to crucify something, cut something off, separate from something, give it over to God, who is that fell down? (laughs) The (laughs) door, the door closed. (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> oh Lord, no! Oh, please, oh please, oh please, oh please, oh please! Oh, honey, you can't do that no more. They ain't no more oh because he's put up with that out of you long enough. Aren't you ready to move on to something? Aren't you ready? Aren't you hungry for more to see God do more? You know, the easiest thing to do with with people you love is ask God to change them. Ask God to put them in a a good place. Ask God to save them, to heal them, whatever. And quit trying to cling to a dead relationship. He makes all things new. Even your relationships have to be new. Amen? Sometimes we'll have to see ourselves in relationships in ways that we never even thought God would do that with us. You understand what I'm saying? And it's got to be okay because you know it's God. And so God is wanting to to talk to us and ask us, aren't you sick of being at the same level you've been? Aren't you tired of the same arguments with the same crazy family members, with the same nonsense? And Aren't you tired of all that? But, you know, to be honest with you, most people aren't. Because if you embrace it, you must think it's okay. So God is coming to show us that, mm, you know, (laughs) that might have been all right a little while back. It's like, you know, if you get married and you got men's phone numbers in your phone. Now, don't think your husband don't want them out. Now, he may not say it, but he's banking on the fact that you're smart enough to know it on your own. Why is it so quiet in here? Mm -hmm. Well, get a red ink pen and make a big note out of it, okay, (laughs) if it's new to you. Them brothers got ways of finding out. But see, you want to do the, you want to do the voluntary removal before you have the forced. You got me? Cause it will come to a forced situation. And they'll be doing you a favor. Because the enemy would love to get you at odds with the spouse so that he can start having you go to so and so that you used to talk to. To get consolation. Mm -hmm. So, if a husband's got that much sense, how much wiser do you think God is to get us to remove things that still have a corner of our hearts and He wants it all? Huh? They're not entitled to it until God gives it to them. You understand? You know, we all love our, our families. We all love everybody that God puts in our lives. But you gotta love them in the right order, in the right way, and everything must be done under God. It can't be done the same old way. So God is coming to, to loosen us and free us up from these fleshly encumbrances. And what He'll do Many times is reposition it correctly when it's right. When you're trusting Him with it, and when it's not a big deal to you anymore, and when you are, are in a place where God can finally get your full attention and get you to do something right for Him, for a change, without you being all wound up about everything and everybody. Huh? When well, you're free of all of that, then he can trust you to handle stuff right. Amen? Yeah. And so uh, he wants us. He wants to reposition. He wants to... Now he's not telling you you can't never talk to nobody no more. You know, it's the first thing the devil will tell you. God, he don't want you to have friends. you can be just like Pastor Barb, by yourself. <laughs> 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 I got more than enough company. You understand what <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and that's the way I like it. Amen? Listen, I was married for 29 years. If if marriage is what you want, I recommend marriage highly. But you got to have the right kind of marriage with God. Amen? You can't be playing around with this because he ain't playing around with you. And so God wants us to be in his flow. So what happens when God asks us how long? Man, how long? It means he's got something on his agenda that you fit into, and all believers fit into something on God's agenda. From today on, don't think of yourself as some kind of, you're a believer, a Christian, a church goer and that's all your life. Because pretty soon you'll fall out with that. yeah i heard it all you know what i'm saying i said it all myself back in the day i heard it all but i'm telling you that what he demands from believers is much more than what we're willing to give most times even the most obedient of us so if you feel you're obedient to god that's wonderful you must be the first volunteer then to give up more because if you're doing it all, you should be first in line to say, God, what do I have to let go of? Some of these hungers and desires we have. They, you know, they need to be checked by God. You don't let anything come into your life unless you've either prayed it in, you got peace with it, or something like that. You have to have some kind of open door from God to let these things into your life. Often the devil comes in there and brings something and, you know, it's it's always the next shiny thing. You know, the new shiny thing that gets your attention that you think is an answer to prayer. Then you find out it's not. Amen. And so and in, in don't find out once you're immersed in it and then it's hard for you to get away. Because you know what happens when when we disobey God and we know we've messed up then we go about trying to fix it up anyway to make it look right you could spend the rest of your life doing that and waste all that time in god say god instead of going say god you know i really messed up i don't have a clue what you want to do with this not what i'm gonna do with it we need to stop playing games with god and just be straight up honest If you messed up, you messed up. You ain't the first one to mess up, but you're among legions who continue to try to fix it up to make it look like it's right. Can't do that because if it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's a square peg and you're trying to fit it in the wrong hole, in a round hole, it's not going to fit. God can't even make that fit. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to understand that God has a place for us in his kingdom. He wants us to assume that. And if we have issues, then we have to be honest before God about our sin, our deception, our misgivings, our mistakes, whatever it is. You've got to go to God in honesty and say, God, I don't know how I messed this up, but this is messed up. Now, what do you want to do with it? Amen. And if God gives you a role in it and God gives you a place in it, he can instruct you and fix it. But the best thing to do is let it go and leave it with him and forget about it. As the mafia says, forget about it. Uh, Because you can't fix it anyway. See, our pride and our shame about things, Always want us to try to fix up our lives ourselves and then go to God and say, look at look at me. Look at what I did. It's fixed now. I fixed it. And all you've done is messed it up more. So we have to go to God for him to fix things so that when time comes for us to make these decisions in God and make the decision to go on in God and go further in God and all that kind of stuff. When those times come, then we're not trying to sort it all out ourselves and make it right, fix it up and give it to God and take it back and give it to God and take it back. But we have a sure release of things to him. Huh? And when you've released them to him, your mind will try to go fix it up again anyway. So it might take you some months to get it totally released to him. But he's got to have these things so that he can get you fit properly into his kingdom plan. That's all he's trying to do is get us to fit properly into his kingdom plan. You notice when he pulled Israel out of Egypt, he set the date, he set the time, he set the the circumstances parameters he told them everything to do he didn't tell them just come any old way he told them, and john the baptist didn't do that when he preached the kingdom he told them to come repenting remember remember the pharisee said came up and he said you snakes and vipers who's warned you In other words, you're not coming here in repentance the right way. Somebody scared you into this, just like your relatives who don't want to go to hell and think they're getting saved for a fire insurance policy. And never go to church, never pray, get mad at you when you pray. You understand me? So there's a right way and a wrong way to even enter into salvation in God. And we do the best we can. We pray with people. We don't turn anybody away that, that says they want God. But listen, I haven't been there before. I remember being in a church and all my motives were wrong. Pastor's motives were wrong. He wanted to get everybody in there because he wanted a big church. And see, if you if you're a married woman and you don't work, cha cha. Now, I'm not accusing nobody of nothing, but I know the thoughts that come to my head. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? People who have means, people who have already accomplished, look much more attractive to somebody who's just building a ministry than the real people God sends to you. Because them people with means church hop, if you don't treat them high and mighty enough, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) All that kind of stuff. But I remember I said, well, you know, I'm I'm thinking my husband's going to get saved soon and I didn't want to join. Really, God told me not to join and I didn't know why until after we left the church is because of what I was called to do was not properly as far as scriptural order is concerned to be submitted to that. Nobody can force you to join their church. It doesn't mean anything that much anyway. When God, when you get to heaven, God's not going to ask you whose church you join. If he don't see you relying on the blood, you ain't getting in. You got me? All of that is just man's dealings, very irrelevant. Many times members don't get anything different than just casual churchgoers get. But I remember I was praying for my husband to be saved and praying for him to be saved, and so finally I talked him into going to church on on a um, Easter Sunday, and so he came and when the altar call came, he went up with all those other people, and so I was thinking to myself, I said, "Whoa, God, that was fast!" So I was getting all impressed and everything, and so he wanted to go out for breakfast. Afterwards. So I said, oh, okay, we'll go to breakfast. And so when we were in the car, he looked at me and he said, well, are you satisfied now? Now, let me just tell y'all, so give you interpretations so of we'll leave Nobody confused. That brother was not saved. He was no more saved than your cat, your dog, or your goldfish. And was resentful That he was being pressured. Mm -hmm. And I got nervous. I said, God, he don't look (laughs) as nice as me. (laughs) He don't act like a saved. (laughs) Newly saved people at least have some joy about it. You know, I mean, you get your peace in the kingdom. You you start eating the fruit of the kingdom immediately when you're saved. You know, I mean, it's available to you. And so I got nervous and we went to breakfast. And so I said, well, Lord, I said, I don't know what to say to him. And I said, well, I'm sorry you didn't have a good time at church. And he was yanking the ketchup off the Off the thing and trying to get the ketchup top off and shaking it up. And he shook it up and ketchup flew everywhere and landed all over him. The Lord said, he's covered in my blood anyway. (laughs) Now, see, I made the mistake of thinking because I was new at this, that them going up and making a confession, really. But you got to believe in your heart. It's a heart thing. Huh? And I remember distinctly the day his heart got wound up with Jesus. It <laughs> couldn't get out, huh? Crying, weeping. I just realized that God, this was ten years later. You understand? You can't rush the things of God. You can't rush. God has a day, a time, everything for everything. You can't rush it. You can't postpone it. You have no control over it. Well, all you, all you can do is live and try to be faithful to God. Amen. You gotta try to be faithful to God. In a way, I was kind of glad, you know, uh, that, that <laughs> he wasn't saved in that church because he, he got mad at people. We go and visit in people's churches in Detroit and he was on the phone talking, were you talking about my wife today?
1: So you know you can't take everybody everywhere, you know what I'm saying?
0: And they were. But I told him, I said, this is the way things happen in the kingdom. You know, I'm used to it. (laughs) Well listen, let me tell you one thing. My wife don't want your church. She don't want your people. She got enough people of her own. That's called an armor bearer with a sword. It's whack. It's take your, take your head right off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know. But you gotta know these things, folks. God will teach you these things. And teach you that you can't rush His kingdom. He's in charge of that. Amen. And I know we want everybody saved and we want them saved right away. But God is in charge. Your best thing is to be a witness, be an example, be somebody that, that lives right before God, lives an example before God, and, and pray that God will send laborers, send, send people who can witness to them, especially when you know you, your words aren't being effective to them. You gotta ask God to send somebody else. Amen. And make sure that they get saved for real. Bottom line is you don't want them to wind up in hell. You know, you just, and whenever they come in, that's on God's time. You can't rush people. So anyway, so God, what happens when he says how long and where would he say how long? God says how long when he's tired, just like we are. When he's at the end of his patience with people, when he's put up enough. In Exodus 10, verse three, God said to Moses, Moses was the minister over the people. So God always talks to the minister on behalf of the people. In our dispensation, He talks to believers too by way of the Holy Spirit. But there are some general information and teaching that He uses to communicate to His people through His leaders. Amen. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So, so this is is um, uh, God. I think this is God having Moses talk to Pharaoh about his hardness against the people of God. How long usually has a warning tone to it? When God's done, you don't get how long anymore. How long means that you got a little bit. You're about the end of your rope, and you got a little bit of rope left. You understand what I'm saying? So there's a little bit of mercy in the how longs, but understand that it's something that God thinks is important enough to warn you that He's about to call time on it. So in Exodus chapter 10 and verse 3, Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said to him, "Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews." How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may serve me. Let my people go. Other than that, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring the locusts into your coast and they shall cover the face of the earth that one will not be able to see the earth and they will eat the residue of that which is escaped, which remains unto you from the hail and shall eat every tree which grow. So really what God is doing here is warning Pharaoh. Now you think when all the food gets eaten up by locusts and that's only what was left from the last plague, you think that the end is right there, but it's not. It's just like. God warning people with illness and plagues and disease on the earth. We'll have disease, people will repent, the mercy of God will come, the plague gets stopped, or they'll develop a pill to help it out. Like people many years ago when AIDS was first uncovered, it was like during the 80s, I think it was, AIDS was first uncovered, and you would see people get on television like these crazy news people. You know, they're crazier now than they've ever been, believing lies and deception. But they'd ask questions like they would dragged some poor Christian or some Catholic priest on there. Was AIDS a, a judgment of God? And I'm thinking to myself, now, how stupid a question. And they would say, and they'd hem and haw. Nobody ever gave a straight answer. Listen, it. it If people are recovering, it's a warning. When it kills everybody outright, that's when it's judgment. So what aids is a warning that says, repent and get out of homosexual sin and cut it out because I ain't playing with y'all. And the next time I show up, it will take you out of here. It killed many, many people, but God's mercy allowed that they were able to find medicines to treat it. Many of the people that claim they were sympathetic were saying they were doing it because there were some innocent children affected, yet they promote abortion. Most of those drugs went to people with with full-blown AIDS. You understand what I'm saying? But that's God's business. Many of their lives were spared and hopefully to bring them to repentance. But many times God cannot really find a preacher who will preach repentance to these people. We want to coddle them, condescend, change the laws in the church, start ordaining them. So he's going to have to raise up faithful people with the gospel message so that these people can hear and be saved. God don't want to take them to hell. But if they continue to be hardened like this Pharaoh was, they will eventually meet a final judgment. So these plague judgments were really warnings because it appears that in a period of time, Egypt did recover somewhat from the last plague. But you got some people who are hard hearted. You see how Pharaoh was 10 times Moses went to him and he still wouldn't obey God. And I think God puts examples in here to let us know his long suffering, let us know he's a God of mercy, but also he's a holy God. He's a God of judgment. Now, why would he judge Egypt? Because they had enslaved his people. They were treating his people very badly. His people were about to be crushed. But the most important thing is his people could not worship him. They were not free to worship God. And you find any place where God's people are persecuted and not free to worship him. God is not pleased with that. He is not going to put up with that forever. And he will uh, manage things to make a change so that people freedom to worship is the one universal freedom that all people have. Anybody can seek God and lift their hand to say hallelujah. But when another person comes in to stop that, then God has to get involved. Because your freedom is very important to him. The fact that you can worship him wherever he tells you to worship him is very important to him. The fact that you can stand up publicly and declare Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you want to turn away from your sin and come and serve him, you're free to do that. That's very important to him. And so God had to set Israel free. Why? So they could come and worship the Lord. They couldn't worship him in Egypt because the Egyptians would have put a stop to it because the way the Hebrews worship was an abomination to the Egyptians. So if this is what happens when you sneak away somewhere and pray in tongues and go back to your dead church, what you do is an abomination to those people. And you need to hit the hit the ground running and get away from there and go where God tells you to go. You can't stay around that kind of atmosphere. Them religious devils will kill you. Uh Ah, you you I you try to pray for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost and see if everybody like you can be standing up there with nobody. You think you're by yourself, almost nobody listening. You can be in a corner in the supermarket. And there's nobody on that whole aisle. The, the minute you say, do you want me to pray for you to receive the baptism? And the, every cart in the store goes parked right up there beside you. Like what a crowd. Huh? We would do it sometimes in church. We'd be in this half dead church, half live church. And pray for people. To, and then you see people scooting over in the pew, scooting over. Huh? Scooting over, getting closer. Or somebody come right in front of you and start a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. The devil hates the power of God. Yeah. And we look at tongues as once you start praying in tongues, you quit after like a week. Used to be real diligent about it, and now that's something you hardly even do in your own personal time anymore. Huh? It's true. All of the precious things of God. Once you start getting involved in your little routine in your life, they get put on the back shelf. Oh yeah, right. Until you got a bill to pay. Or until you get a bad diagnosis. And you shock about <laughs> how to see You can't stop then. Come into church praying in tongues. Go out in the bathroom praying in tongues. Woo! Ha! You better get with it. Uh-huh. I mean, no harm, no foul. God forgive you. You know, hey, we all been there. Thought we was all cool and everything. Or you'll be in a supermarket and God wants to to help you to pray for a person better and you know you should pray in tongues. It's the coast clear, huh? Get all paranoid and stuff. It's true god will cover you to do his will but he needs people who will do his will regardless so what god is asking pharaoh how long are you going to disobey me and refuse to humble yourself before me pride is a turnoff to god we lose a lot of our warfare because of it amen so the first how long is God wants to, us to know, wants to know how long are we going to refuse to humble ourselves to Him. And many times we need to, to just forgive people and go in reconciliation. You know what reconciliation is? Want to, to make sure people have peace of mind where we're concerned. Sometimes we'll just say we're sorry. And then run on off real fast before we. But somehow things are never quite the same anymore. You understand what I'm saying? And we need to seek for them to be the same. Because that's what true forgiveness is. It's as though it never happened. And so God wants us to get to that place where we can live up to his standard. See, that's his standard. Of reconciliation It's go to somebody and, and instead of making excuses for why you offended them or something, just ask forgiveness and and just let them know, you know, I really miss us being friends and I'm not satisfied. I don't feel right on the inside, but I, I'm not holding that against you. But I just want to get back there. And sometimes people will hear you, but at least you got to say that to God you got that's got to be a goal of your heart to get it back to the way it was amen and let god have it and handle it and god will will move so that that person can want to seek you out let's like jacob and esau jacob was so scared when he heard his brother was because he stole everything from the boy you know it robbed him blind you know this is for the the kid and the family that seems like people pick on them you understand what I'm saying? It, it, sometimes families are like that. And so, uh, the picked on kid, God will, will grace them to be able to be forgiving. And sometimes you'll wonder, boy, as bad as they treated that kid, and he still loves them. He still, and sometimes we'll try to discourage people and say, why are you running around after them? They don't care about you. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, but you don't know what God's working in their heart. Sometimes the one who's been picked on can be the agent of reconciliation from the whole for the whole family. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to allow that to take place so that God can have his way in our lives. He wants us to live his covenant. He wants us to live sin free in reconciliation and love and all of the things that he's promised he wants us to experience that kind of life because at some point in your life you're going to look back and say you know uh, why don't i have any friends why is there nobody i can go to and just open up to them and and let them understand how I feel about them and and all. Why is that not possible for me? You understand? Because it's on paper that we can do that. If you have a ministry of reconciliation, you have to be reconciled enough in your own heart to minister that to somebody else. Such as you have, you give people. If you don't have it, you can't give it to anybody. And so God wants us to understand that his goal is to get us to live peaceably, especially among the household of faith. We come first with one another, amen? He wants us to have peace with one another and then as much as possible with people on the outside. And so God is, has a plan and a, a, a goal for us as a family of God, of how to live together. If you don't make it right with nobody, make it right with the people that God has put in your life, amen? Amen. I mean, make sure that you, you take that into account as something important to be able to, to, and humble yourself, be a humble relationship person. Amen. Amen. Learn how to, how to, uh, have different facets of your character exposed to people. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got a church face. Oh, y'all know what I mean. cut it out. But sometimes you need to take the church face on and learn, you know what I'm saying? Look how strutting in there. I'm important. I'm, you know, like the, the Pharisees Pharisee. I thank you Lord that I am not as this man is. I'm uh and then the little poor beggar said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know what I'm saying? There's a big gap between them two faces. But the one has a religious church face, superior, all that kind of thing. The other one has a very humble church face. At least he knows God's around. I mean, if you humble, you humble yourself because you know God is around. And you respect God. You're not trying to to be less than anybody. You know, the devil tell you all kind of lies about church people you know i've walked in the meeting sometime and been the only dark face there and you know if the devil mess with your head he'll tell you all kind of they don't like you and then you'll be on guard instead of going in there to make friends you going in there to find out huh? yeah she got on all white except for her shoes that's a racist move it's, it's a racist huh she just don't have no fashion sense if she got black shoes on or what white clothes i mean even i know better than that you know but you understand what i'm saying you got the wrong feelers out on people god never leads you anywhere to be an outcast abused thought less of you need to clean your mind out huh <laughs> the lord to show you many times he said i'm just answering your prayer He said, but I'm answered it my way. Amen. It's true. So God was done with Pharaoh. He gave him a few more chances. Amen. There were a few more plagues that came. He kept his word as far as the locusts were concerned. But eventually, God had to kill all the firstborn of Pharaoh's household and all the firstborn of Egypt and spare his people spare his and he's like god says look i got a covenant with you i don't have a covenant with them people and i put you in their midst as an example what their life could be like if they would enter into a covenant with me he never limited his covenant to the hebrews it was always open to the egyptians and a lot of them took him up on it did you see the mixed multitude that mixed means it wasn't just all hebrews in that crowd now listen if you'd have been told by these people it's like kind of like you know it's something different about these people i just happen to notice that every time they say something is going to happen then god says something it happens See, God sent the plagues to get the attention, not just of the Hebrews, because they didn't know too much what was going on either, but He was, He was getting, giving, getting the attention of the Egyptians as well. See, God's no respecter person. He said, whoever wants to come, come on in. Don't ever think the Jew had an edge on anybody. He just was the keeper of the law. God had a covenant with Abraham, their father, and to keep it throughout all the generations. So that boxed them into protecting the law and living out the law before the people. And they fell miserably at it. You saw that when Mo- Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments. Before he can get back down to the bottom of the the mountain, they was partying up and took all that gold jewelry that God gave them from Egypt, melted it down, made a calf, and start worshiping the calf they went out of egypt 40 days before they was cutting up again that's for all people who are newly saved to think you ain't gonna never have no problems no more 40 days and you'll get the impulse to cut up again hey that's why that's why when you're a new believer you come to church ever more diligently (laughs) just be glad (laughs) i made it in again say Amen. amen Because you need it. You need to stay close to God. And let that be a lifestyle. Don't ever get so cool. Don't ever limit what God's going to do in your life so much that you get satisfied with just what he's brought you so far. You ain't seen nothing yet. Huh? You ain't seen nothing yet. Because God wants to take us farther. He wants to take us into greater greater trusting him less effort great reward that's all over the bible amen jesus said my yoke is easy and my burden is light when god put the curse on adam and eve he said thorns and thistles this this uh ground would bring but then he said i'm gonna bring you into a land that flows with milk and honey what does flow mean i don't see no labor involved in flow You understand what I'm saying? I see no sweat involved in flow. Well, some of y'all enjoy working hard, I guess. I don't know, but me myself, I want to flow. I've always liked flowing. Huh? I want hot and cold running everything. And a butler to bring it if I can. Amen. Oh, it's all clean. Now don't go there. It's, holy butler a priest a priest you got me <laughs> whatever Lighten up. but I come from a long line of people that sweated for for years on unsla- d did, did you know our history okay I won't bore you but uh my people have been trying to get out of hard work for <laughs> a long time <laughs> and I'm the recipient of that prayer you understand what I'm saying so I'll take easy anytime I can. Huh? You know, it, even when God gives you challenges, he's right there with you to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. He doesn't expect you to put your shoulder to the wheel. The only thing you put it to the wheel to is listening to him, being obedient to him. And your end is always the light load. Yeah. Amen. Your end is always, you know, what does it cost you to listen to the word to build your faith? Huh? You go to the doctor with some ailment, they put you on vitamins, exercise, eight bottles of water. You don't have no soft drinks involved in there. I'm thinking, where do you think I live? Huh? Huh? to me that's work it's so much easier to hear the word of god to sit back in your easy chair put you some this on some that on plug in read yourself some word to yourself god i'm gonna do this huh this is what i'm gonna do for you jesus i did i still do that i've done that for years jesus I'm going to get your glory in so that people will be instantly healed. Cripples will be get up out of wheelchairs. Uh, This is what I'm going to do for you, Jesus. Huh? Then you immediately get scared and wonder, (laughs) did I say that? How am I going to do it? You understand? Well, that's his problem to prepare me for it. That ain't my problem. What I need to do is develop my faith for it to happen. And it's coming, folks. It's on its way. It's more anointed in our meetings than it's ever been. So God's faithful, Amen. We've spent 25 years scaring witches and warlocks out of the meeting, so we ought to be able to have a decent meeting now. You now, everybody, tell you, oh, them watchmen—they mean yeah. We mean what we say. We we putting up with your shenanigans here. Period. You don't have nothing to contribute. Go prophesy to yourself. Go stand in your mirror and tell yourself something good. You won't be so hungry to boss other people around. Disrespect them. And then, thus saith the Lord, seriously? You going to tag God on that? Isn't that what they do on Facebook? Tag them? You done made some of you going to tag God and make him a part of it. just saying so god asked pharaoh how long well god knew it wasn't going to be long so how long is your warning to straighten up get it together so you can be a part of the move of god and move into what god's doing now instead of being left off confused and dazed and so when he asks you how long That is for you to listen and repent and come in line with what God is doing. Find out, God, what do you want me to do? What are you doing at this time? What are you doing in this hour? What do I, what I'm a part of this ministry. I'm a part of this church. What is my part to do? Huh? Oh, you thought you was cool just coming in and. Right. Look in the book of Acts. Talked about. Everybody was there, and, and the 120 had a part in the ministry of the early church. You show up for God's trinkets, you got a part in it. Huh? You receive his gifts, you receive his salvation. You can pray and get your bills paid. Amen? A lot of people get cool. They, they live off the prayer partner's prayers. All you hear on the other end of the phone is how to bust a kitty Excuse me. How to bust. Mm, mm, mm. Which one we on now? Which- <laughs> Exodus 16, 28. We'll do. Why don't we know? Go to First Samuel 16, because this thing applies to a lot of people. I'm going to do this as quickly, expediently as I can. First Samuel 16, verse 1. Because this has to do with relationships. And I'm not throwing no shade on nobody, but some of y'all need to tighten up. Amen? I mean, we all do. Some of us are, have fictitious relationships we cling into, so you know this don't have to just be people you know. But 16 verse 1, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing as I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Now the reason Samuel was clinging on to Saul was not because he thought he was so loyal. He thought Saul was so wonderful and any of that. But he didn't want to be responsible for choosing, having nothing to do with Saul's replacement. Why? Because Saul was crazy. And he'd kill anybody. So he's you know, uh his Samuel's like pretending to love. oh God. Oh, Lord. Please do something with Saul Lord. You know, he's been doing he did a little bit for you and he's doing this and this like some of y'all do praying for people you know is in disobedience. You want them to be blessed anyway. Huh? Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears of it, he'll kill me. And the Lord said, take a sacrifice with you and say, I'm come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then called Jesse. So really, you're going to do your priestly duty. You ain't going up there for nothing else. But, you know, hey, this is my routine. I'm doing my usual meet and greet over the altar sacrifice, you know, coming up to bless the people, et cetera, et cetera. So when he got there this is what people said. Are you coming peaceably? Now prophets anointing scare people. That one scares you more than anything. You know, and I've had that all my life. People think I'm mean, I'm angry. Well, I'm not mean. I really I'm not going to own that cuz that's not true. But when you speak for God, you have your 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 mouth has to be where God speaks and god won't let people close enough to you to manipulate you out of his position your position in him when you when you are positioned by god you think about over the years the rejection that you've gone through the criticism the backbiting and then you'll covet the fact that you're close to god and you won't let people come and pull you out you understand what i'm saying you're crazy if you do. If you do, you haven't really paid no price for it. You just, you just assumed it off Facebook. But so God says, go up there. He said, call Jesse to the sacrifice. I'll show you what I will do, and you will anoint him, who I will name to you. And Samuel did what he said. And so when he got there, the people trembled and said, are you coming peaceably? Because why? Because they knew they were in sin. See, when you have done wrong, that's when you're nervous at that anointing. You understand what I'm saying? It's just true. And so they they want to say, let me go hide. <laughs> what you here for? You're here to expose my sin? No, I'm not. I'm just making a sacrifice, just doing my routine, yada, 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 yada. We'll have to go another one, okay? I want to finish this. And so he says, uh, uh, you know, I am I'm just want to, just want to come i'm coming peaceably i'm not here to bust nobody because they did they come and warn people in 30 days you better straighten up or god's gonna come through and kill everybody you understand what i'm saying so when it was bad news it was extremely bad news and he says i've come to sacrifice to the lord he said set yourselves apart to be a part of it now to sanctify yourselves put away your sin and you can come and 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 join in as a part of sacrifice and he began to call jesse and the rest of the his sons to the sacrifice now this is the reason this is what this is what uh, samuel had to be taught in this now he's been a priest since he was a little boy his mother brought him there hannah's mother brought him there to be trained as a priest he's been in church all his life but people who've been in church all their life still gotta learn they don't know everything Samuel is learning how to discern and how to trust God in his decision-making. What do you mean? He didn't know that? Not like he's going to know it. Mourning for Saul and longing for Saul put him in a mindset of wanting to pick who he wanted And see, God's not gonna let anybody take that place from him. So when, when God tells him, how long are you gonna mourn, that, that pinpointed Saul's problem, his weakness. And you see later, Saul raised up a bunch of boys that the people of Israel didn't even trust them. They said, oh, well, Saul's son's a priest, don't take your sacrifice up there don't we give it to him none of samuel's kids did anything in the priesthood or as prophets you see that in the word of god when samuel died they said mm, you taking that up uh-uh he ain't like his daddy was you understand what i'm saying so samuel's got an emotional problem for all the anointing that's on him when he shows up That, the anointing part is 100% God. Who you are underneath is always still the same person. So God, God has to get the favoritism in the I speak out of Saul, I mean Samuel, so that he can make the right choice because of the critical time that the nation of Israel was in. God's getting ready to set up a dynasty through jesse's sons and if he were depending on samuel to make the choice the first one would have been the right one just like it was when he chose saul he looked at saul and saul was head and shoulders above everybody else he looked like a king so saul's used to getting away with eye, i decisions carnal decisions who looks right because you know these rebellious stiff-necked people i got here we got to pick somebody that they gon' like well that's the way most church boards run you get a denominational that's why i've never been tempted to join well they don't want me no way but you know most of them, they don't allow women preachers i didn't come to preach i come to take over no i don't <laughs> y'all wouldn't allow me anyway god wouldn't let you allow me if i'm in here i'm in here the boss (laughs) but you know that that's what they do they start out to get your your packet has your photograph in there and if you look fine as wine in the summertime and don't let no tall man huh these baptist sisters being there they say you seen the new pastor remember how jerry got saved she her friend our mutual friend jerry who's going to be with the lord now she got invited to church because they had a guest pastor there and the girls was talking about how nice looking he was and jerry went to see the jerry said that she went up to the altar and she said she don't know what happened to her but when she came to It was 15 people standing around her wondering what happened to her. You understand what I'm saying? God popped her so quick. She fell out in the power of God and has never been the same since. She said, I got saved for real that night. Quit playing. Well, that's what church boards do. They vote for people they think that are going to be pleasing to the people in a carnal sense. They don't care if you could preach good, know the word, got signs following. No, they don't care nothing about that. And so God is trying to take that out of Samuel by allowing Samuel. He could have told him, asked for David, why didn't he do that? He had to teach Samuel something. So they call him up one by one. Samuel said, "Oh, this is the one, right, Go, right, Lord?" He said, "No, ah, huh? oh, I know it's this one." Let me see how many more we have. So he gets to the end of the line and, and wants to make the, he says, surely this is the Lord's anointing. And God said, no, it isn't. Then Samuel wakes up and he asks Jesse, you got any more kids around? God is telling me none of these are it. Where is it? Cause it's got to be up here somewhere. Amen. So they call little it. smelling like sheep with poop on his sandals and samuel goes this is it and god says this is it amen god says i'm doing a new thing and this is it amen Amen. i'm bringing somebody who i can train that's going to be faithful to me that's going to have my heart he says i don't look at the outer appearance i look at the heart and i found me somebody and that's what you want God to say about you. I've looked at this one's heart, and I have found the one that my heart longs for. Amen? i found that person. And we can all be that person, y'all. There's no big eyes, little use. Nobody left out of God's covenant promises. We're not left out of his plan. You You can't fail your way out of God's favor. You can't do it you can't exhaust him huh you can't exhaust when even when the prodigal came back home the father put him back in the inheritance he has spent everything that was legitimately his and the father said "Uh, okay when he put the ring back on his finger that mean he had money coming huh I ain't going to say what I was going to say. I'm going to quit. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your your word and for understanding. We thank you, Lord, for your promises. How long, God? Many times we ask you how long, and you want to ask us how long. We're not waiting on you, Lord. You're waiting on us. You're not waiting on us to get involved in a large group of people who are going your way but this is an individual decision we have to make that we are determined to go your way and do all only the things that you command us to do and we thank you for that lord in jesus name amen and praise god if anybody needs prayer come on up and i'll pray for you